Welcome to the Elevate the Edge podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez of Lopez Research, and I'm joined with my co-host, Joe Peterson of Clarify 360. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Elevate the Edge is published bi-weekly. The podcast focuses on helping companies understand what edge computing is, how the market will evolve, and what you need to know to build successful edge computing strategies. Show notes and subscription links can be found at elevatetheedge.com slash episodes. We hope you'll enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the podcast, Elevate the Edge. Uh, I'm Maribel Lopez. Hello, everyone. And I'm joined here today by my fabulous co-host, Joe Peterson. Hey, guys. And today we get to speak with Nancy Shemwell. She is the Chief Operating Officer at Trilogy Networks. Nancy actually uh, was introduced to me at the Edge Computing World's Woman of the Year Award. So I had the opportunity to judge the Women of the Year Award and was very impressed with Nancy's background. So I'm excited to actually have her here on the show. Nancy, can you tell us what you're responsible for at Trilogy? Sure, absolutely. And first of all, thank you very much. I was uh, tremendously honored by the State of the Edge Award. That was just terrific. Um, So Maribel and Joe, glad to be here. I am the Chief Operating Officer at Trilogy Networks. We are an edge-as-a-service company that is focused on delivering 1.5 million square miles of edge compute capability across rural America. And we also founded the Rural Cloud Initiative, and I'll be likely speaking intermittently about that as well. So I run the day-to-day operations and uh, really excited to have joined them about two years ago. That's pretty cool, Nancy. Um, This Rural Cloud Initiative, I'm sure that you guys are working on edge and cloud in tandem. And... As it rolls out, how do you see edge and cloud working together? Sure. Well, I, I think you know if we back up and say we're in the midst of a, of a digital revolution, right? The industrial 4.0, and and what we are seeing is distributed cloud infrastructure and applications, and so by its nature, both cloud and edge will have to to work in tandem. Because as we as we flatten that network and spread it out for more capability to happen at the edge, um, they truly are going to need to be in, in partnership and, and tandem, right? The cloud's going to bring you storage, it's going to bring you scale, cost efficiencies, while the edge is going to bring you operational efficiencies, privacy, security costs, and, and low latency, right? So as we look at at this, um, they're they're really very, very tied. And as a matter of fact, because we are working in the rural markets, which are emerging as huge economic um, technology opportunities, right? Because because if I look at this whole edge cloud AI, um, IOT world, right? Where are the big applications that technology can innovate? Technology can drive massive 
economic and productivity advancements, and that's sitting in rural America. Now, AWS and Google and Microsoft don't have clouds at every single location like Stanton, Iowa. Um, so working with ourselves, the big hyperscalers are working with an edge provider like ourselves and the 2,000 rural carriers to pull that technology all the way to the end user, which might be an ag application or it might be an oil and gas um, device. So I think really it's going to be all of them, all of the above, more data, everything connected to everything, massive data explosion, and, and there really is no way to be able to move that data around the globe without having both edge and cloud. That's a great answer. And I agree with you. I, you know, as far back as seven, eight, nine years ago, some of the big ag companies like Caterpillar, the guys that were making equipment, were very focused on edge technologies. They weren't calling it edge then, they were calling it IoT, right? But that piece of equipment could tell you how you know much moisture was in the, in the ground. Um, it could project out how many you know feet of seed the farmer needed, like all kinds of things in terms of their telemetry. Um, are you seeing that sort of technology creep into some of the work that you're doing? Oh, it's not creeping. It is. It is at the center of the work that we're doing. Right. So um, when you look at so I'm going to take us back just a minute and, and remind us that when you look at rural America, which is which is defined by the USDA as as communities of less than 5000 people, we're talking small. Right. But that makes up about one point five million square miles of, of the two, two and a half million miles that are in, on, in the U.S. So it's massive, right? And within that, there are over 2,000 carriers of some sort. They could be the old telephone company, the local telephone company. They could be cellular. They could be WISP. They could be tribal. They could be electric co-ops that are also delivering communications, Right. So so how do I then as a technology provider? Right. So I'm building these apps you were just talking about. It's great if I'm working with Caterpillar at my local um, testing facility that's outside of I don't know where their testing facility is off the top of my head, but let's say it's outside of Minneapolis. Right. Where getting broadband to you is not so difficult. That's a whole lot different when I get to Stanton, Iowa, and my ability to execute these market plans for the fabulous technology that I, as a large tech, or these millions of small startups and, and innovators are building, right? So, so you've got to be able to look at how do you work with this disparate group of people, get them connected into a network that allows you to then extend from the hyperscaler all the way to the enterprise. And that's what Trilogy is doing. That's what we've done with the creation of the Rural Cloud Initiative, which is a series of rural carriers. And I think we currently have 
30 of the largest, which make up about 300,000 of that 1.5 million square miles, a large number of technology providers, whether that's, you know, Intel or Qualcomm or uh, Gen XCOM or Zyder, you know, whoever, and then the application providers that are bringing unique solutions to markets like agriculture, right? Where, where, yes, you are today looking at soil monitoring, you're looking at weather, you're looking at um, pesticides, uh, the, the telemetry of your, of your geography, you're looking at how do you geo-herd cows. I mean, the, the, the opportunities are, I haven't even talked about pig Fitbits yet, which I can't, can't have a conversation <laughs> without that, right? They're, they're, the the innovation is amazing and, and it's critical to us. And I may be off your topic a little bit, but but this innovation is critical, especially in ag, because as the world is continuing to have a population explosion, not so much in the US, but around the world, we're going to need to double the food supply of the food that is exported from the United States globally in the next 28 crop cycles. Now, think about that. Double with no more land and no more water, and you only have 28 more tries at it, right? It's not like a normal business where every quarter or every month you get to restart. A farm has one cycle traditionally where they are planting and one cycle where they are harvesting. And those are like two week windows. So as I think about knowing moisture, knowing weather, knowing how much pesticides, et cetera, that's really important as I balance my workload and that time management, right? So so we had a, a, a fabulous uh, farmer who's really smart, like fifth generation. He's probably in his 60s. He said, look, I've used my gut and my head for generations. That's what my dad did. That's what his dad did. And now I'm starting to have all of these little applications that, that show up on an iPhone or a tablet. And they're all individual. There's a sensor for this. There's a weather app. There's a this. There's a that. But when are you going to be able to bring all of that information together for me and add some intelligence to it, right? The missing link that we haven't talked about yet, the AI, right? So how do I put intelligence on top of all these disparate pieces of data so that he can make actionable decisions about if I've got two weeks to plant, I start at this field. And, and then end at this field, as opposed to the only thing he's got today, which is hindsight. Same thing with how he, how he takes, uh, you know, how he harvests. So all of this technology, it's really difficult to say it's cloud, it's edge, it's AI, it's IoT. It is all of this capability coming together in a way that is user-friendly for the ag industry, for the energy industry that allow them to do their businesses. But it's really important for farmers because they don't have an IT department. So how do we bring all of this together to impact what is an over trillion dollar ag business every year, right? So it's there's massive money 
we aren't going to have enough of it. We have to worry about those scarce resources or those finite resources, water and land. And we also have to keep it sustainable, right? Because an over pesticides, et cetera, will cause the sustainability of the land to have problems. So the farmer's worried about it. The entire food chain supply is worried about it, right? Frito-Lay is concerned about the potato crop because they're making potato chips out of it and they have no visibility to what that looks like. The governments of the world are worried about it, right? Because having a bunch of hungry, starving people is not going to add to world security. And I think we're starting to see some of those impacts now. So it's a very complex problem. Technology is smack dab at the center of it and edge innovation and the ability to do things real time and or just add um, connectivity, right? Because sometimes we just go out and put in a 5G and edge network, or, you know, it doesn't even have to be 5G, but, but an edge network that can provide local connectivity across that farm that they didn't have two days before. So this, Nancy, you've gone so many places that it's hard to figure out which one we want to pick up out of this one. Um, But I I think one of the things that you're speaking to speaks to a big change in networks in general. So I wanted to talk to you about in the past couple of years as we've moved to edge, it strikes me that you probably have to do things differently in your business now than you've done in the past. Um, It also strikes me that we're looking at you know, cloud used to be a very centralized thing, but, you know, do we think of it as now you're putting little clouds everywhere? You know, we used to talk about the application service provider market, which became the SaaS market, but, you know, now instead of those, you know, do do those need to be more distributed closer to, say, the agricultural firms that need to do more real-time decisioning around things? Like, how do you think about what needs to be built in the business for an edge computing reality for say a vertical like agriculture to actually work, like what's changing? Right. So, so er- everything is changing and it's, it's, it's going to start to hinge on our ability to impact the, the, the network, the infrastructure and deliver that. Um, ultimately, you know, Trilogy's vision and what we're putting out on farms are their own private clouds. And, and in the ag industry, they really like that because um, a farmer is, is extraordinary. Everybody's protective of their data, but farmers are, are um, you know, you put a 10X to that in their fear, right? They're highly subsidized. They don't want anyone to have access to their data, so it might be misconstrued and impact their subsidies, et cetera, right? So what if you can, and everybody wants their data. I mean, think about it. The government wants it. Um, Monsanto wants it. Cargill wants it. All Everyone in the food supply wants it, wants to know different pieces of data, So what if you could digitize or tokenize that data and allow the farmer to actually make money on it, 
you know, instead I of paying John Deere, John Deere pays them, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, those are all within the realm of possibilities and things that we're designing and developing. But if I flip that and go, you know, if I if I am C, um, CHS, who would be a huge seed production, they they want and need to understand what that data is looking like coming out of those grain silos and out of those harvests. It is critical to their ability to manage their business, and 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 financially, you know, if they can make a ten percent impact, if if ag tech can make a ten percent impact, which just a few small solutions can do pretty easily, it's massive to the revenue and massive to the economic value of of today's farming community. So we've got to have both. We've we've got to get. Um, our, our CTO, Binky Swaminathan, says it really well. So the application will find its edge, right? Depending on what needs to happen. Does that point of information gather and decision-making need to happen right at the farm in real time? Then, then, then the edge is right there at that sensor. If it's going to be pulled so that it's just pulling data that's going to be gathered once a day and uploaded because it's not being acted on real time, you know, then, then, then that's a different home for that data. But, but the more automated things become and the more real time things can be done, you will start to see an enormous impact on the, the digital transformation you can make on a farming operation. That's great. I, you know, can you share one or two uh, really cool innovations that you've seen already with the use of Edge? Sure. Um, so, so let's say um, if you think about pest eradication, you know, or, or you know, trying to make sure that your crop is as a hundred percent that you get as best a yield out of it as possible, right? So fertilizer is is an enormous expense for a uh, what they call a row crop farmer, and and so some of the uh, some of the activity that we're involved in is if you let's say you fly drones over your crops, and you're able to find where there are some problems that need to be sprayed, right? Because you don't want to, you don't want to overspray. One, you don't want to waste the money. Two, you don't want to put too much pesticides on, on your food. And three, very importantly, you don't want to spray something close to a, another crop that may not react well to that fertilizer or, or that, that, uh, that poison, <laughs> and you sure as heck don't want to be responsible for spraying your your neighbor's crops, right? So I'm going to fly the drone over. I'm going to find the problem, and then I'm going to send out a robot to eradicate that, so that I can very specialize just that particular section. I can't do that if I'm sending data from um, from Stanton, Iowa, to Chicago and back. It just, it's just not physically possible. So that's that's some really cool innovation that we're seeing in real time. And you'll start to see new businesses evolve because of it as well. Drone is drone a service, right? Mm. Um, I think one of the other really cool innovations I've seen that is so limited because there isn't connectivity 
in different terrains. Because again, you you got you may have fiber to the home or fiber to the farm, which is terrific, but you don't have it across the farm, and you're never going to have it across the farm, right? So you're either going to have to do things cellular, you know, public or private, or we're seeing in some cases where where technology innovators are putting a bunch of technology onto their machines to carry that edge compute capability on the tractor. Well, that's very expensive, right? So it's it's doable, but it's very expensive. If I'm a weather station and I'm putting LoRaWAN controllers on it so I can manage that, that's great. But you don't want to do that for every piece of farming equipment. You want to be able to put that out into the network and onto the farm on some sort of a digital platform that that the trilogy is building, of course, and, <laughs> and allow you to to have connectivity and not have to worry about whether it's got to connect to Wi-Fi or cellular or Bluetooth or or whatever is there today versus tomorrow. Um, yes, for other cool applications, I think one of the things I I really get, am interested in is is geofencing with um, with livestock, with roaming livestock like cattle. And if they cannot put up a fence or ma- maintain a fence, I mean, it's a huge expense to them. But if I can also then move my cattle, so if I have, have, have something around their neck or in their ear or whatever that is allowing me to sense their medical data, that's allowing me to size them, that's allowing me to move them around my grazing pasture without having to send people out with a with a truck to do it. Um, and interestingly enough, we were talking about this with uh, with one of the land grant universities, and they said, "And think about it. Not only can you move the cow then around and allow them to uh, to graze." your fields properly, but you're fertilizing it at the same time. So yeah, there's there's just a massively cool innovation. There's, you know, take cows, line them up, you know, you start one one direction, they all follow, and suddenly you can weigh them by scanning them and having, you know, digital automation that allows you to calculate their size and mass and thus their health. Crazy. These are fascinating, right? And I think what's so great about these is they're examples that you don't hear every day, but they're really interesting because they're not examples that you think technology could have such a tremendous impact on. And I know there's a lot of places we could go with this. And, you know, I thought about asking you questions around operational efficiency or other things. But one thing I did want to ask you maybe instead is 5G. You know, there's been a lot of talk about it, a lot of talk about whether or not it will be available in rural areas, whether or not it's necessary and what it's necessary for. I mean, what's your take on 5G and what does or does not have to happen in the 5G market? Sure. Well, that's that's a difficult question. Um, I think that we're going to see the evolution of two things. I think we're going to see the evolution of public 5G, but also of private 5G. Um, and and personally, I think that that private 5G is something we're going to see in the real short term in in an ag environment. Um, and public 5G really depends. I think it's a probably a, a geographic decision and what is already there and and what the terrain issues are. Right. Because 
again, when you get out into these really middle of nowhere spots, um, the traditional wireless, you know, uh, calculations don't, don't work. So, um, I think that, you know, there's certainly requirements for some of these rural carriers to move to 5G to do it very quickly. The government is pushing them on how they subsidize them. They're being pushed to replace for 5G where they had put in um, Chinese gear. And, and I think that there are a lot of applications, you know, you get a little bit of a chicken and the egg. What's what's going to happen first, right? Because, you're not going to see 5G sensors until you start seeing 5G networks. And um, so I'm, I'm not doing a great job of answering that question, but I, I, I don't think there is maybe a, a great answer. I mean, I think the other thing that you picked up on earlier though, that I think is so important is that it's a portfolio approach. A lot of times, like what we see happening is somebody will come up and say, Oh, everything's going to be 5G. And it's like, well, does everything need to be 5G? Like, I'm not sure yeah. that that's the answer to that question. But we do get a lot of enthusiasm over the technology. But it is nice to see that 5G is coming um, out in different areas. So, um, but you know what? I think at this point, we have covered a super amount of ground in terms of what's happening with Edge. And you have fabulous examples that are so fun too. I'm definitely going to use some of these at a cocktail party. Uh, but I was wondering if maybe we could close with a fun fact, something that you think the audience should know about. Could be about anything. Oh, a fun fact. Um, well, I'll give you an ag fun fact. Excellent. One in 10 baby piglets, I don't know if that's fun or not, baby piglets dies because its mother rolls over on it. So what? that's why they created things like pig Fitbits that will stimulate them so they move and don't kill their little baby baby pig. So that's a very not known fact. And wow. one that people usually remember. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, there are things I didn't know about uh, pigs and cows that I am now fully briefed on. I love it. I'm telling you, it's, uh, as you say, at least it, it's interesting to look at this space because it's really where technology is going to have an immediate payoff as opposed to, you know, we love to think about the, you know, there is certainly is a need to close the digital divide and get internet to everyone. But when you think about the ability to impact how we generate food, a 10% impact, and these small apps can drive that, are monumental, not just to that farmer, but to the world as a whole. So I, love that. So I think as you look at this, it's, it's rural is cool now. And and it's cool for a whole lot of good economic and sociological reasons. So I'm delighted to have been able to come and, and, and share that with you. Well, now I'm excited. I've got a, a few people I know that do the uh, vertical farming. So I'm going to have to reach out to them for another episode of the Elevate the Edge to get another perspective on food. Nancy, thanks so much for your time and attention. And this has been Elevate the Edge. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe so you can easily find us again. 
follow us on Twitter at Maribel Lopez and at Digital Cloud Gal, and on LinkedIn. Links to our social profiles, show notes, and ways to listen to the podcast can be found at elevatetheedge.com.